It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. That paper shuffling you're hearing is Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Yes, well, it is (laughs) Medicare open enrollment season for 2023. So what do you need to be aware of and what action do you need to take? Plus a shocking announcement on Medicare rates and what they will be for 2023. Uh, That and more upcoming on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you have a question for the program, we are here for you. We're here to help you make a great Medicare decision and and talk through open enrollment this year. If you haven't met with a health insurance expert, we're happy to help you with that. Uh, You can also call or text us 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Open enrollment right now. We are in the we're a couple weeks into it. It's got a couple more weeks to go. What's open enrollment all about? Who's it for? It's it's all based on on Medicare, okay? And so before we get into some of the highlights about what open enrollment's all about and specifically what you need to do, who is open enrollment for? We said it's Medicare, but but who's it for? Yeah, I mean it's not that different really than uh, those of you who have been on a group health health insurance plan throughout your working career. Uh, usually in the fall, towards the end of the year, your employer will announce to you it's open enrollment period, and it's your opportunity, a window of time to make some changes. And the the cool thing is Medicare gives you uh, an open enrollment window as well, and this is for both Medicare, traditional Medicare uh, uh, insureds, and then also uh, Medicare Advantage participants as well. That's right. So right when you're transitioning onto Medicare, whether that be at 65, which is the earliest age you can do so from a from a retirement standpoint. There's if you're disabled for 24 months or have end stage renal disease, then you can sign up for Medicare sooner. But for the rest of us, that's age 65. Um, when you initially get on, you're you have an initial enrollment period. We're not going to talk about that, but you're going to decide whether you want traditional Medicare or I actually think the the, uh, the Medicare Center for Medicare and Medicaid services actually calls it original Medicare. It's the same thing. Yeah, okay. original Medicare or Medicare Advantage. Or Medicare Advantage. You're going to make that decision. That is the biggest health insurance decision you're going to make in your life. And your traditional or original Medicare is you're going to go with Part A, Part B, Part D, and then a supplement plan. Or Medicare Advantage, you're going to go with Part C. So you're going to have to pay the Part B rate, which we're going to talk about. That's the big shocking announcement. We'll share that in just a minute. Um and but then then opt out of Medicare, go with Medicare Advantage, Medicare Part C. So open enrollment applies to both of you. So you can't think, well, wait a second, I did Medicare Advantage. So is this just for me or am I not included in this? No, it really applies to both of you. Well, and if, if you've never even uh, made this decision before, you haven't retired yet, you might realize or, or not realize just how significant the decision can be. And it's difficult when you have to make a choice on the eve of retirement and you really have very limited ability to change that choice, then obviously the stakes are, are pretty high. But uh, there, there is some flexibility built into this. You know, the, the two different paths that you could go down, Mike uh, just kind of summarized, one is more of a piecemeal approach where you are uh, taking the, this Part A, which is your hospital coverage, 
Part B, which is more of your medical care, paying for the doctors, that sort of thing. Part D is your prescription drugs. Well, that that plan, if you were to just have that, it has all kinds of holes in it, things that are not covered, high deductibles and things that you need to cover. And that's why most people will then add in a Medicare supplement policy. And uh, that kind of covers over what uh, the original Medicare doesn't doesn't cover for you. Versus the other option being more of this bundled uh, approach, which, which we call Medicare Part C or Medicare Advantage approach. It's more of a high deductible type of a plan. It keeps a little bit more of the risk on your shoulders, but premiums can be lower. If you're healthy, it can be a way to save some money over mm-hmm. time. But what if something changes? Mm-hmm. That's the real question here. And when you get to an open enrollment period, there's all kinds of things that could change from year to year. And so you, you almost want to have it circled in your calendar. I, I'm probably going to want to talk to either my certified financial planner or a health insurance expert that helps me with these types of, of decisions so that you know whether or not you need to be revisiting some of the choices you made early on in retirement. And the great news is, um, we have those folks on our team, so we are not Medicare experts by a long shot, um, in spite of how uh, Ted and Craig have tried to equip us. We are not there yet. But I think it's important when you look at that, this is, because we've talked in many shows about the six areas of financial planning and how are these interrelated, but this is a big deal. Because when you talk about the original Medicare or a Medicare Advantage plan, so when you think original Medicare, think, okay, the, the federally run program, Medicare Advantage is is from a private company. Yeah. So it's, it's different and you'd want to consider, okay, do I have a specific doctor and a specific network that I'm going to stay in? Do I travel abroad or do I stay home? Um, what, what, what are the various needs that I have? And Josh, you, you, you said, what, what do you do if something changes? And I'd say, no, no, no. The plan needs to be, what do I do when something changes? Mm -hmm. And, and if I'm, if I'm fairly healthy there and a, a number of other things fall into place, a Medicare Advantage plan can be a great yeah, deal. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Mm-hmm. So you've got this open enrollment window each each year after you've made that initial decision. And just like from your employer, Josh, that's a- absolutely correct. That open enrollment window is from October 15 through December 7th. And you'll sit down with your with your health insurance expert, hopefully also in conjunction with your CFP, and you'll make decisions about, well, do I, should I make changes or are some changes happening to me that I need to account for? And then those changes that you make will uh, will be in place January 1st. Primarily, I'm going to run through the list right here from Medicare.gov of what you can do during this open enrollment season. But if I were to talk about it in a broad sense, it's really two things. One if you're on a Medicare Part C, Medicare Advantage plan, you can change from one plan to another. Bam. Mm-hmm. And and so you might look at rates, you might look at coverage, you might look at networks and make a change. Okay, so that's one thing. The other, if you have traditional Medicare or if part of your Medicare Advantage, you add in Part D, now during this open enrollment, you can change Part D plans, mm-hmm. your, your prescription drug plan. So those are what I would argue probably 80%, maybe 90% of the changes during open enrollment mm-hmm. are to do one of those things. If we're looking at the list here that, that Medicare.gov actually says, you can change from original Medicare back to or, or over to a Medicare Advantage plan. You can do that. Most people don't. 
Original Medicare, if you decided to go with that up front, it's more comprehensive. It's more expensive, but it's more comprehensive care. Yeah, you can switch during open enrollment over to Part C. And it's more likely what you're used to if you're coming off of a, you know, a a big, if you worked for a big company and you were used to having a plan, the original Medicare is going to be what you're used to. Because if you don't choose that and you choose Medicare Advantage, you can't necessarily just... Well, so that's the thing. During open enrollment, you can change from Medicare Advantage back to original Medicare, but there's no asterisk on this, uh, but there should be because mm-hmm. only if you qualify, only right. you've got to prove medically you, or your plan needs to have gone away or there are only a few reasons. And I would assume and I would just sort of let you know or let have you think, yeah, you can't really move back during an open enrollment. If you were to qualify, you actually could. And so if you're considering that, work with uh, your health insurance expert. And that's part of the reason why before you even retire and before you make your initial choice, you really want to be having somewhat of a philosophical question or conversation with your certified financial planner. And hopefully you're involving a, a Medicare expert as well. Because again, th- there have been some some clients that we've met along the way, partway into retirement, and they had been on a Medicare Advantage plan because they were tempted by lower premiums and um, you know it, it had had a lot of appeal up front. But then they realized, man, this is not at all the experience that I had throughout my working career, mm-hmm. as Kevin was saying, you know, coming out of a school system or something where you had kind of a Cadillac type of a, a health insurance plan, maybe shifting back to the Medicare supplement uh, option just feels more natural. It yes, it costs a little bit more on a monthly basis, but if it takes away some of the uncertainty, a lot of people really prefer that. Yep. But you're not always guaranteed to be able to make these changes. So so really emphasize getting that decision right for you up front. And then lastly, during this open enrollment time period, you can add a drug plan, you can change your drug plan, or you can drop a drug plan, which if you had one and you drop it, uh, I'll pray for you. Um, so, all right. So that's open enrollment. What else is being impacted with Medicare this year or for 2023 that you need to be aware of? The cost. We're going to go through that and five other things that you need to be aware of with Medicare Open Enrollment. We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, it's Medicare Open Enrollment season for 2023. What do you need to do? What do you need to be aware of and what action steps? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. If you're looking for a health insurance expert to help to, to either meet with you or help you uh, make some decisions during this Medicare open enrollment. We've got those on our team, but most importantly, we're going to hit that here in just a second. Your Medicare, your health insurance decisions and in retirement are impacted by your taxes. They're in, they're impacting your cash flow. They're impacting by your investment withdrawals and your streams of income. So this is a financial planning decision. So work with your CFP and you can check us out there and, and learn more about KFG, our process, or if we can help you, you can reach out to us there as well. All right. So in connecting with our the health insurance experts on our team, we said, OK, public service announcement. What do people need to be aware of this open enrollment season? And ultimately, it's leading to the action item that if you're on Medicare, even if you think, well, my health is good. Nothing's changing for me. I don't need to meet with someone. You should be. 
you should meet with a health insurance expert and review your coverage, review your situation. And if you think, no, really, I don't want to take the time, I don't need to, then just send them an email or or have them, you know, have a 15-minute phone call with them just to double check a couple things. So these five these are the five reasons I would I would argue. First, premiums can change from one plan to another. Now, the part part B, that premium is changing as well. We're going to hit that in just a second. But your plan, the plan that you chose that you choose, those prices are changing. Some of those, you know, by a lot. Right. By a significant amount. And it's because these are private insurance companies that have their own unique claims history in certain pockets of your region. There may be more people actually drawing on these plans and their costs go up, that sort of thing. And so they pass that that higher expense along to uh, their insureds, the, the insurance policy owners, in the form of higher premiums. And so... Um, you know, you, you may have selected the best option for you three years ago, and now all of a sudden, just because of circumstances or because of claims history and everything, um, maybe there's a better option for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So look look at what's available in your zip code because it is it's interesting when we talk about financial planning, we've seen folks financial, you know, their monthly outflows can can swing by a hundred. Hundred bucks a month yeah. or more, mm-hmm. and so this is where you you really want to be dialed in. Uh, more common, your prescriptions can change, and that's um, when when you're on a new prescription or your when your prescription changes, all of a sudden that drug plan that you had may or may not still be the right coverage for you. There may be a better drug plan out there. This was fascinating. I, I sat down uh, not that long ago with one of our Medicare uh, experts in-house, and they were kind of unpacking for me, and we, we even hopped online and looked at the variables that go into uh, choosing what what is the best prescription drug plan for you. And it has to do with, yeah, which drugs are you on? You know, which uh, mm-hmm. prescriptions are you taking? You change the names and all of a sudden one Part D plan could be better than another. But it's also where do you get them? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the pharmacy that you even go to. So you, you basically have these three variables that have to be considered to arrive at what's the best, you know, concoction for you, essentially. And... Um, Boy, the, the fact that you've got three different variables that could be changing yep. means this is often one that many people, if they have nothing else going on during open enrollment, uh, prescription drug plans is often one of the changes that they need to be considering. And if you're listening to this and you say, this doesn't apply to me, like I don't care, I'm, I'm nowhere near this age, you, you likely have either parents or grandparents that might actually be struggling Mm -hmm. with this and trying to figure out how to make these decisions. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in that camp, we want to educate you so that you have an awareness and you can be a source of encouragement to your parents and grandparents and, or even just go with them to, to meet with their, their, um, you know, their professional. Yeah, that's right. Uh, third, you're speaking of drugs, maybe your prescription didn't change, but what your drug plan covers changes, right? That can change uh, from year to year. Certain formularies, well, the drug plan that you've chosen covers this sort of formulary, and all of a sudden in the new year, it changes, right? Mm-hmm. And you might want to, um, well, number one, yes, you're going to want to be aware of that and then explore, well, is there a different drug plan that covers 
my prescription now better. Yeah. Right. This is one of those areas that I claim to not be an expert on yeah. at all. Yeah. Right. Um, but there, well, how many different levels of, of drugs? Is it five? I five different know, yeah. levels, maybe? Um, I, sometimes, you know, we'll be sitting with clients and they'll they'll kind of vent a little bit about, oh, this prescription's going from level two to level whatever. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's kind of eye-opening to me in, in some ways that, boy, these are things that you actually have to know and be concerned about as you get deeper into retirement. Yep. Network may have changed. That's the fourth. If you're in a Medicare Advantage plan, the network may have changed over the past year. If you have Part D coverage through a prescription drug plan, that preferred pharmacy network may have changed. So uh, they, I wouldn't expect that they're going to change all the time, but it may have changed. And you're not going to want to find this out in February when you're submitting a claim or when you're trying to, uh, to, to use your health coverage. And then lastly, a more comprehensive plan or benefit may be available. These plans are evolving all the time. And specifically, Medicare Part C, Medicare Advantage plans, they are changing their bells and whistles all the time to try to mm -hmm. attract new customers and adding new benefits or whatever, adding new perks and talking through that on an annual basis so that you're aware and can make any changes if there, if it's an enhancement, if it's a benefit to you, using this open enrollment window to do that is, is advised. And I'd be aware because some of the Medicare Advantage plans have uh, like a silver sneakers program where you can go to the gym, uh, certain gyms for free, or they, they will include vision or dental or things like that that typically aren't included with the original Medicare. Mm -hmm. so. That's right. All right. So the big idea during this open enrollment period, October 15th to December 7th, if you're on Medicare, make sure you're sitting down and talking to a health insurance expert. Make sure you go through those five points with them and make sure that your, you know, your plan shouldn't change. There haven't been changes in your drugs. They haven't been changed in your network, those sort of things to make sure that you've got the right coverage and plan for Medicare in 2023. Now, the very first one that we mentioned was, listen, prices can change from year to year. And I think if you were to just step back and say, all right, well, how do you think prices are going to change from 2022 to 2023? You'd say they're going to skyrocket, exactly. right? Inflation's been surging. Medical costs have been rising. So there's no question prices are going to skyrocket. And for your Part D um, and for your Part C, maybe your supplement, I would assume that that's going to be the case. Okay, yep. I, I, I would assume that. But for your Medicare Part B, and this, whether you're going with original or traditional Medicare or Part C, you're still going to have to pay the Part B rate. In a shocking announcement a few weeks ago, they announced that Medicare Part B, the price, the base price is going down from $170.10 down to $164.90, a $5.20 decrease per person in your Medicare Part B. That's unbelievable. As yeah. we've been talking about the cost of living adjustment with Social Security, which, by the way, 8.7%. So that's the largest cost of living, largest COLA that you're going to see if you're on Social Security um, since, uh, gosh, 1981, I believe is what it dates back to. Um, most people say, oh, any increase that's going to be eaten up by Medicare, they're going to increase Medicare. Well, your Medicare supplement, your drug plan, that might go up, okay? But to have Medicare Part B actually go down, you actually feel like there might be a little bit of breathing room. We're actually getting a real serious cost of living adjustment on our Social Security, and Medicare Part B 
isn't going up. In fact, it's going down $5. Have you heard any explanation on why? Oh, I read it directly from the Center for Medicare and Medicaid What'd Services. What did it say? Uh, blah, 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 So there was a there was a drug. They're, they're specifying a drug uh, they predicted would be used a lot and a lot more costly, and it wasn't. And then other uh, drugs and services um, have it came in below what they expected, so they're passing along the savings to the uh, to individuals based you, on a lower cost. You'd next expect year. that to be on on the prescription drug plan, not on the it, Part B. Though. Exactly, exactly. Now, someone who's a health insurance expert might be able to read that and get Make different wisdom. It. But yeah, it sounded like you know gibberish to me. What else <laughs> will impact your Medicare Part B rate? We're going to help you plan for that. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Medicare Part B costs, premiums are going down for 2023, coupled with Social Security going up. That is a huge relief. What else factors into the cost that you're going to pay for Medicare Part B? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Search the Wise Money Show and uh, and subscribe to it there. And if you're there, do me a favor, rate the program as well. That helps folks that, number one, provides feedback to us, but number two, helps folks that are looking for content on wise financial habits, helps them find us. So we appreciate that. All right, we're talking about Medicare open enrollment. We're about to pivot and, and get into some questions from fans of the show, but the Medicare Part B premium, whether you're picking traditional Medicare, Part A, B, D, and a supplement, or going with Medicare Advantage, Part C, you're still going to have to pay the Part B rate, okay? So the fact that the price is coming down from $170.10 as the base rate per person and is dropping to $164.90 per person, it's a big deal. But who pays that rate? And this is why financial planning needs to be your health insurance decisions need to be part of your overall financial planning. If your financial planner is not helping you with tax planning and they're not talking to you about some ways that you can make and, you know, make sure that you're avoiding Irma, you know, that they're not doing comprehensive financial planning for you. They're just helping you with investments. You need comprehensive financial planning. So let's talk about those, those, those income bands and, and income related monthly adjustment amounts. Yeah, we like talking about this because it catches a lot of people by surprise and we want to keep on educating and, and raising your awareness on this. But but also, you know, for a, a few nerdy certified financial planners, this is this is an area where uh, or a decision or an issue in your financial life that intersects with multiple areas of your financial plan. There are six key areas of financial planning, and this touches multiple multiple areas. And what we're talking about is the, the simple fact that not everybody pays the same amount for their Medicare Part B premiums. It is a means-tested decision or, or factor, I guess, that goes into it. And uh, it's all based on your income level um, two years ago, essentially. Yep. So here we are, you know, the, um, the Medicare system has published what premiums are going to be next year, the year 2023, but they're looking back to your 2021 tax return, the one that you filed in the spring of this year, or maybe extended into the fall even. 
But uh, looking at that tax return, if you're an individual tax filer, then if, if your income goes over $97,000, then you're not going to get to pay that $164 a month that Mike was, was talking about earlier. Uh, it's going to go up. And depending on how high your income goes, it's going to start marching higher pretty quick. For married couples, it's 194000 of income before you get out of that base level of premiums. And now you're paying um, what I consider a penalty. Yeah, really. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's the thing. Number uh, just because you said that word, Josh, penalty that could be avoided with great tax planning for many of you, for most of you. Work with your certified financial planner. And like Kevin said, if this is still years off and you say, I don't need to worry about this. Yes, you do. There are decisions you can make right now that will help you limit and maybe eliminate having to pay this this Irma out there when you're retired. But here's the thing. And that's just I'm going to I'm going to touch a nerve, guys. So those those income (laughs) thresholds went up. It was 91,000 for 2022 and now it's 97 for for an individual in mm-hmm. 2023 and it's gone up the exact same proportion for a joint uh, tax filer. So so what's what's that increase? Oh, it sounds like a good increase. That's great. What's inflation right now? The way they tell you it's 9%, the way it used to be calculated it's 15-16%, <laughs> okay? That's the truth. Thanks a um, lot. And we're you're getting a an 8.7% increase on your social security. So what's the increase here? 6.5%. Guys, this is another sneaky increase in cost. Backdoor. Right? Mm-hmm. Because this, this the increase for when you should have to um, be subject to IRMA, that should go up by the same amount. It should go up by 8.7%, what, whatever. Mike and Bernard it only, for president. It only, heck no, no way. <laughs> it only went up by 6.5%. So in a way, inflation adjusted, more of you will be impacted by, by Irma. Therefore, inflation adjusted, all of you should, should be doing comprehensive financial planning, mm-hmm. tax planning as part of that to limit the impact. And there, there are exceptions to this, I have to pay extra for my Part B, but I had some folks that in 2020, and you think about this in 2020, um, before you're on Medicare and you've got some uh, property in an, another state and properties in the state are going crazy in, in 2020. It, you know, the, the economy seems to be falling apart, yet certain parts of the economy are red hot. The real estate market, things were going up at 20 plus percent. So they sold their properties and it put them into a totally different bracket. Mm-hmm. And she is so frustrated mm-hmm. and we've already filed an appeal and been told no. Now, in, in theory, this is one of the qualifications. I sold an income producing property. Right. Uh, they, they said no. Who is they? We don't know. Somebody. I, I've seen I've seen these folks when you fill out that what is it, SS forty form. Um, I've seen them approve yep. one and then the exact same situation they reject it. Yeah. 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 So it, I we we said apply you know, do it again. again. Yeah. Go to your social security office, call that eight hundred number. I mean, just keep being persistent because this is all a game of rules and exceptions, but you need to know because if it's avoidable and you you aren't you're asleep at the switch, you're gonna feel bad. Well, and yeah, asleep at the switch just means you're not looking far enough down the horizon to think, 
okay, my decisions today may come back to haunt me two years from now mm-hmm. when I'm filing for uh, Medicare uh, Part B. Here's why this is such a big issue. If you know, we've talked about those those income thresholds that if you creep above them, you start paying more, and it's every single month that you're paying more, and you don't have to creep a whole lot past. It's one dollar past. So that married couple that we said, if you earn more than one hundred ninety-four thousand, in other words, if you earn one hundred ninety-four thousand and one dollar, then all of a sudden your premiums are sixty-five bucks a month more Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for each of you for that Mm -hmm. entire year. That's Mm -hmm. real money, right? That was an expensive dollar that you you Mm -hmm. earned, especially if there was something that you could have done during that calendar year to not let that dollar creep over. But here's the thing. Uh, If you cruise on past that second tier and now you're at 246,000 of income, it's another $100 increase above and beyond every single month. So now we've just added 165 bucks. You've basically doubled. You have doubled doubled. your your cost for each of you because your income went too high. That's a big deal. And it's it's one of the reasons why your certified financial planner can't just be someone who helps you with your investments. They have to know that when they help you uh, cash in certain investments or make changes in your portfolio, what are they doing on your tax return? And then by extension, what are they doing to your Medicare Part B premiums? Got I'm looking at the questions from fans of the show. We're going to get to these in just a second, but there's a few about Roth conversions. And guys, when the market's down, we've talked about, we actually did a full show, uh, oh, what, four weeks ago, five weeks ago on Irma. What is it? And what are some planning strategies to navigate around it? And work with your CFP. But if we were to just draw from some of that material, um, Roth conversions during a bear market, during a declining market, fantastic strategy if you've got the guts for it. And, and hopefully you do. Hopefully you're working with your CFP. They're providing clarity and confidence with where you stand and how you're going to get through this challenging time, still stay on track with your financial goals and provide you know, creativity, creative ideas to help you navigate this. And, and that clarity, confidence and creativity should create calm. One of those creative strategies could be a Roth conversion. And however, you want to be aware if doing a Roth conversion this year, will it put your adjusted gross income, modified adjusted gross income, above these thresholds where all of a sudden you're going to have to pay extra for your Medicare? We've had some clients that have said, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I'm so confident that stocks are cheap right now and that I'm not going to need this money for a long time. I'm willing to pay the tax so that I can get all of the growth for these dollars out there in the future to be tax-free. And you can even quantify, yep, that's going to put you into the next uh, Irma tier. And therefore, this is what the premium. And you might say, yep, that's worth it. But you want to be aware. Mm-hmm. You want to be aware of that so you can make um, you know, a, a wise decision. Uh, going back again to wisdom that your life is connected. Different parts of your financial decisions, your financial life, they are connected and going to impact each other. So work with your health insurance expert during open enrollment. Get on the right plan, the right coverage, have the right uh, trajectory for 2023. All right, more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode and a lot more. Every episode of the Wise Money Show and a lot of additional content 
is on the Wise Money YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out, I'd encourage you to do so because, you know, in how to invest for inflation. What, why is inflation having such a, you know, a, a wreaking so much havoc on the bond market? When will that stop? Blah, blah, blah. All of those topics and a lot more are right there on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Search the Wise Money Show uh, on YouTube, subscribe to it, and then turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop a, we drop new content, either a talk show right now or next wise step videos that air all throughout the work week. So check it out, Wise Money on the YouTube channel. We appreciate it. Most questions that we get from fans of the show come on the that YouTube channel. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000, or submit questions online at wisemoneyshow.com. Lots of questions come on the YouTube channel. So first one here from fan of the show, uh, sort of fits in with the theme from today. Uh, Ronnie asked, when doing a Roth conversion, are you able to make an immediate payment for taxes, or do you need to send in a tax form, tax estimate afterwards? That's a good good question. Um, and a lot of people wonder, yeah, how do you handle the logistics of doing a Roth conversion? Um, you know, they understand that a Roth conversion is taking money from an IRA that you m- maybe most likely have not paid any taxes on, and you're flipping it over into a Roth uh, where it can grow tax-free. But that that act of moving money out of an IRA is a taxable event. And if it is going to create tax for you, um, the, the question is, well, how do you pay it ultimately? And I, I can think of really four different ways that we, we often see people covering their tax. One could be that you actually were already on pace to have a refund for the year. And by doing this Roth conversion, you're, you're actually raising your income level, creating some more tax, and it essentially gobbles up that refund, and maybe you don't actually have to send any tax at all, depending on the size of the, the Roth conversion. That's one, one option. Um, another could be exactly what uh, Ronnie was asking. Can you send in an, an estimate? Yes, you can. There are vouchers that can be created. You could send it in in the quarter that you uh, actually do this Roth conversion and sort of prepay the tax, essentially. Um, that's, that's another option. A third option could be, if, if you're over age 59 and a half, this might be a, a choice for you if you wanted, to actually have the investment company withhold some money um, for you on the transaction. Now, we don't like this one as much because it actually erodes a little bit of the money that's going to be landing in that Roth IRA and be positioned to grow, um, grow tax-free forever. But it is an option to, to have the investment company withhold it for you. They essentially prepay it out of your own IRA assets. And then the fourth option is if you're not going to be in a penalty type of a situation, you can wait until uh, your taxes are filed in the spring and maybe write the check at that time if you think you're not going to owe very much. Again, we would want to know that you're hitting a safe harbor and um, essentially uh, not leaving yourself exposed to an underpayment penalty. Uh, most people don't don't hit that one, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, safe harbor is I paid in uh, 90% of what I owed or 110% of last year's tax liability. Yeah. So I, I would I would want you to think I'm going to do a Roth conversion and the last option is to withhold taxes. Yeah. The name of the game, the reason why you're doing the Roth conversion is to get as much money as possible growing tax-free. And for some of you think growing, oh my goodness, has this person not looked at the stock market this year? I, I understand. And so where do you want that rebound when things eventually come back, whether that's in six months, whether that's in three years, 
where do you want that rebound to occur? We're mm-hmm. in an account where you're going to have to pay tax on all that rebound or in the Roth IRA where it'll be tax-free. So I would, the if you withhold taxes on that conversion, you'll have fewer dollars landing in that Roth IRA that can grow tax-free. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one. But the second reason why I would say that should be, you know, withholding taxes should be the last choice is if you're under age 59 and a half yeah. and you withhold taxes, that money is not only going to be taxed, it's also going to be penalized mm-hmm. because that money left your IRA before you were age 59 and a half and didn't show up in your Roth IRA. And there's no, you know, you can't just say, well, I was trying to cover the taxes. Yeah, it's it still, it was deemed a withdrawal. And if you think through that, that's in a really geeky way logical. Because if you were trying to be sneaky and get around, like get some money out of your IRA without paying the 10% tax, you could do a Roth conversion and withhold 90%. And then all of a sudden you get a huge refund. And since there's no tax, if there wasn't a tax penalty, you'd say, okay, great. I just got this huge refund. I effectively got money out of my IRA. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you withhold on a Roth conversion and you're not yet 59 and a half, you're going to have to pay a penalty. So, so here's the point. You know, we, we encourage people to not do a Roth conversion without first measuring twice and then cut once, as as the carpenters say. Uh, the, the point is you need to be doing a a tax projection or a forecast of where your tax return would be if you do nothing and have a scenario side by side with it that shows what would the tax consequences be if I do this Roth con- uh, conversion. And that will help you to quantify how much tax pain am I even talking here. And, uh, and then before you pull the trigger, before you take action, uh, with your certified financial planner, you need to be having a conversation about how you're going to pay the tax. And if you're listening right now and you say, I don't have any traditional IRA money that I can convert to a Roth IRA. So when you think traditional IRA, typically that's pre-tax money, money that's never been taxed. It might be possible because you're listening to Mike and you're saying, hey, I like the idea of taking assets that have been compressed and I, I move, let's just say, uh, Apple stock from my traditional IRA to my Roth IRA. And then when that bounces back, then I will have the all the, the growth be tax-free. Um, and you say, well, I can't do that because I don't have any traditional IRA money that I've never paid taxes on. If you have a 401k, there are a number, depending on your plan, a lot of 401ks allow for pre-tax money in the 401k to be converted to Roth money in the 401k. Mm-hmm. So I, I would consider that as well. Yep. All right, another question here comes from an anonymous uh, fan of the show, but asked, if if I do a Roth conversion, will that disqualify me from making a Roth contribution? There's two ways to get money into a Roth. You can make a contribution, and in order to do that, you've got to have earned income. You've got to have wage income, paycheck money. But your total modified adjusted gross income has to be below certain limits in order to make that Roth contribution. And I don't know, guys, can I round, you know, call it $100,000 for a single and a couple hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, and they it change changes each, every year. Each year. Right? So around there, a couple hundred thousand married finally jointly. If you have earned income, wage income, um, and your modified adjusted gross income is below those levels, you can contribute to a Roth IRA up to the amount of your earnings or six thousand or seven if you're if you're fifty or older. Other than that, it's really simple. Um, <laughs> Roth conversion. <laughs> They used to have a limit that if your adjusted gross income was above a certain level, you couldn't do a Roth conversion. They've waived that because they're smart, 
Just kidding. They're, they're not, but they realize we need this tax revenue. So go ahead and convert. It doesn't matter what tax bracket you're in. Go ahead and convert if you want. Those are the two ways to get money into a Roth. My understanding, our understanding, I was trying to look up a tax reference for you. I can't find it. Um, but our understanding is doing a Roth conversion doesn't count towards that modified adjusted gross income limit for doing a Roth contribution. Right. So the translation there is, as we were saying earlier, when you move money from an IRA to a Roth IRA, you're creating more income on your tax return. And so what if the act of creating that extra income pushes you too high and now you no longer have the the choice to make a contribution to that Roth IRA mm-hmm. in the same year? Mm-hmm. And uh, you're saying, Mike, um, it, it, it our understanding is that it does not push you out of that range um, you would still qualify. It wouldn't surprise me if the IRS had changed this or does change it in the future. But the idea is this. And um, as the market goes down, possibly as your income goes down, or if you find yourself in a lower tax bracket, advantage Roth conversion. Those are those are times when you probably don't feel great financially, but those are times when you should consider a Roth conversion. Well, imagine if you're making a Roth contribution every single month, like clockwork, or maybe you fund it at the beginning of every year, which is, I would recommend that since four out of five years in the market, things go up. Um, But then as the years progressed, the stock market gets worse. And all of a sudden the opportunity opens up, you say, I should do a Roth conversion. You don't then have to, my understanding is then take those Roth contribution dollars out via a recharacterization. So, but work with your certified financial planner, considering a Roth conversion or Roth conversion and contribution, work with your CFP. All right, great questions. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Uh, I don't know that we're going downhill. We may have started at the bottom (laughs) of the hill, unfortunately. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.